I mentioned before that this week I was uh, thinking about the idea of don't know mind, which is the um, this willingness to let go of all our preconceived ideas about things and how helpful it is in practice, how helpful it is um, just in general. And uh, that idea comes from, I think it's probably a Zen idea, but it's pretty well um, spelled out in Suzuki Roshi's book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, which is really excellent. And so I wanted to talk about that this evening. What is don't know mind? What is beginner's mind? And I'm not a Zen practitioner, but I really, I'm, I really appreciate all the different schools and all the different lineages because some of these teachings are so basic and they're universal to all the different uh, traditions. But different schools have a different take on things, which can be beneficial in a lot of ways. And one of these is this don't know mind, this willingness to let go of our ideas. And um, so don't know mind or beginner's mind is an empty mind or mind that has no preconceived ideas or rules about what things are. It's, I, I saw the phrase, it's open, it's eager, it's receptive. And in the book, Suzuki Roshi says, if your mind is empty, it's always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. And if you think about that, the expert has all the answers. Um, perfectionists have all the answers. And we all know how well that goes. So um, this willingness to say, I don't know, is incredibly powerful, or just don't know, this willingness to put things down. And there's a story, there's a Zen story that talks about a student who goes to a Zen master and says, ask for instruction. Um, and the, the master starts talking about meditation and emptiness and all these various topics and the the student says oh I know all that and so then the Buddha is uh, not the Buddha but the teacher says okay well let's just have some tea so the Zen master makes the cup of tea and he pours the tea and he keeps pouring it with and the cup is just overflowing and the student says wait wait you can't you can't pour uh you can't pour um anything into it, you can't pull, pour stuff into a full teacup. And so then the, the master said, okay, well, come back when the teacup is empty, which is such a, you know, such a koan type thing. It's like, come back when you don't know. Come back when you don't have all the answers. Because what happens when you have the answers is you just shut down and you're not present because you're just, oh, I don't have to pay attention because I already got this. I got this. And um, it can get so, it can be so um, problematic as we move through our life if we think we have the answers. Um, because oftentimes we don't. We just think we do. These preconceived ideas of, and these all the shoulds that get in the way of the reality of the moment. What? actually is this what is happening right now 
you know, I, I get into a place of if this happens, then that will happen. And if this and then that and and we just it just rolls out, rolls out, rolls out, rolls out. And in reality, we're just making that up. We're just making that all up. I was I was with a friend the other day and we were talking and I she was asking me, what do you think is going to happen this and what do you think is going to happen there? And I was just and I say this a lot. Now, thankfully, I have this wherewithal to re remember, and I'll, I'll say, this is what I think is going to happen, and I'll have to, at the end, say, but I'm just making that all up. I love the word that is in the suttas, um, fabrication. It's all fabrication. It's just all fabricated. It's, I have no idea. It sounds good. It might come to pass. This is what might happen, but I don't know. We get into that place of, of fortune-telling, and thinking that things have to be a particular way. And um, if we hear a sound, like a, a, a sound that seems to be like a fire engine, and then we create a story about what that means and what's going on, and then there's sometimes those that triggers emotions and reactivity. And, and so when we're not paying attention, we just go off down that pathway without really... Um, giving it a second thought and what we do is we create a fabricated world in which we live it's a it's a world of this uh, he said she said i said they said it said what said that you know make believe it seems real because we're interacting with reality and we have to actually i mean we know this you all know this that we have to have some ideas and we have to plan and we have to work as if certain things will happen. I mean, that's just the reality of the world we live in in the relative world, but also with the recognition that it's easy to get trapped in that and that we don't know. You know, we have to stay out of the attachment to outcomes because that's when it gets um, painful, when we're attached to certain things being a certain way. That's dukkha. The, the, this, uh, the inability to be with the way things are. That's suffering. That's dukkha. That's discomfort. And so when we get caught up in these preconceived ideas, these, these fixed views, as the Buddha talked about, you know, self-view, views of others, that's where the suffering comes in. And in the, in the, in this, the Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, the book, he talks about a small mind, and a small mind is the one that has all the answers. I used to talk about uh, having a, a pea brain. My world was like the size of a pea, and I couldn't comprehend anything out of that. A lot of it was fear-based. A lot of it was, you know, trying to maintain some type of control, and I think a lot of us have that a certain way. We create stories that... that create a safe container for ourselves but what happens is then there's this aversion to anything that's outside that but in this practice of don't know mind or beginner's mind the big mind can be with whatever is it's open to to the reality of the moment and he talks about that in this book in the book and it says um the true purpose is to see things as they are. 
to observe things as they are and to let everything go as it goes. Zen practice is to open up our small mind. That's what it is. It's to, the practice is to open up our small mind. Not just Zen practice, but, but all practice. Um, the habits of the mind, those, those conditioned pathways are the small mind. And the willingness to let go is the bigger mind. You know, restlessness, fear, worry, um, those things contract our mind. Anger, resentment, aversion, craving, those things contract our mind. You know, spaciousness is when we're not attached is when we're not fixated on a particular story or a particular outcome. Um, and what, as I was, I was, I was, as I was reflecting on this, this week, what was coming up for me over and over and over again, and I meant to look it up and I forgot to, um, was the quality of humility, which I don't, which is not, I don't, find, I'm not familiar with that in any of the suttas, but it's this willingness, this humility of saying, I don't know. I think for us in the West, which has this, this sense of this huge ego, and I know, and I mean, if we live in a world that says you have to pull yourself out by your bootstraps and rugged individualism, it's kind of understood that you must know everything and you must know how to do everything. Because if you're pulling yourself up on your own and, you, and it's your rugged individualism, then you don't need anyone and you have all the answers. And that's just, that's just insanity. That's just wacky. So this, this practice of humility and saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answers is incredibly powerful and incredibly freeing. There's a spaciousness there because that frees us from having to know. It frees us from this place of perfectionism. It, it, it's, if we don't have to know, if we can move into the world saying, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I have a beginner's mind. What is this? We're, full, we're, we're more fully present, present with the moment and then we can move perhaps more wisely with more clarity. So I think that 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 quality of humility is really quite important. Um, you know, I was I was think as also was I was reflecting on this. I was remembering back, oh, about twenty seven or so years ago, when I was uh, uh, I was right. At, I quit smoking, and then after I quit smoking, I realized I couldn't do my job anymore. If I can't smoke, I can't do this job. It was all that was keeping me there. And it took me a long time. It took me about nine months to, um, to really work up the courage to leave because I was in a place of needing to have all the answers. That's how I ran my life. I needed to have all the answers before I did anything. And the problem is, 
there was always a what if at the end of an answer. It's like, okay, if I do this, this will happen. And then there's the, yeah, but what if? And then there was the having to find the answer for that. And then there's the next and the next and the next and the next. So it's a, a never-ending um, rabbit hole, to use, to coin a term. Um, and because... I was like, I, I had this job and I had had that, I'd worked for that company for a number of years. And if I left that job, who else would hire me? Because I didn't know anything else and blah, 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 blah. Was, there was so much fear underneath there. There was all of this. And I talked to a lot of people and I said, here's what's going on and help me find the answer. Help me figure this out, basically. And it got to the point where I finally just let go because letting go is a huge part of this don't know mind. We have to let go of our, of our, our, of our most precious ideas and our precious stories. So the willingness to let go into, I don't have a clue. I'm just going to do what's in front of me. Because that's all we can do is what, what's the response right here, right now? And then we do that. And then what's the next response? We open to this world without this attachment to anything. And there's, the, there's a tremendous freedom in that. Once that was lifted, it was extraordinary. I still didn't have an answer. But when the attachment was lifted, it was like, whew, you can finally breathe. It was like I was holding my breath for nine months. I was contracted and constricted. And then there was this freedom. There was absolutely this freedom. You know, um, there was a trust. It was right. I, I hadn't really been practicing. I, I wasn't really practicing. I had been reading some books. I think, I, I, you know, Pema Chodron, um, and it really impacted me. And I think I was kind of walking in this direction anyway. I'd done, I'd sat with Thich Nhat Hanh at that point and, and just started walking in this direction. And so this willingness to let go, this willingness to let go is so important. And in beginner's mind, it's not just the willingness to let go, but it's the willingness to let be. We don't pick stuff up. Like in practice, if there's a sound, we just let it be a sound. If there's a thought, we let it be a thought, like the Buddha says in the in the um in the in the instructions on mindfulness. Just let it be. Let it be. In fact he talks about that in many, many, many suttas. Just let it be. Don't name it. Don't create a label. And so I invite you to practice with this as you move through your life. Practice. Watch where you're stuck on shoulds and coulds and woulds and, and, and maybe substitute a uh, don't know. Maybe I don't know. What? Maybe I don't know. Um, there's a, I, there's a, um, I found some, something that's talked about this and it said, what you want to do is drop the labels, which is really important because we label everything. And, um, I mean, it's how, as I said before, it's helpful. We need to have these labels. We need to have plans. We need to have a, an idea of what's going on, but we're not, we don't have our talons in them. You know, we're not grasping on. We have this spaciousness, which allows us to breathe and which allows us to be present. And so when you, when you drop your label, 
you drop all these identifications about yourself, about ourselves, that self-use, agaya ditti. Um, we, we drop the label of, you know, I'm a vegetarian, I'm an athlete, I'm an achiever, I'm a parent, I'm a child, I'm a sibling, I'm a student, I'm a teacher, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that. All these things. I'm an archaeologist, I'm a... I'm not an archaeologist. I'm blah, 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 blah. Because they, they constrict us. I, I, you know, I've told the story. In fact, I met someone yesterday who was telling me back the story of being an archaeologist when I was struggling with letting go of archaeology because who would I be if I wasn't an archaeologist because that was cool and it was the only coolness I had and how could I let that go? And so that self-view, that causes so much pain when reality you know, comes butting heads with it. And so if we can let that go, you know, every label we have has a whole bunch of beliefs associated with it, which are this ground, this, these habits of mind, these thought patterns that are so deeply conditioned. Can we work with those? Can we find some freedom? And not just our own, but societal labeling and just big picture. So easy to be judgy. I can get so judgy about the stupidest things. And then I have to remember how often I have done the things that I have judged other people about for. So, sheesh. Um, so in beginner's mind, you're empty. There's no labels. Just let go and be. Even if only for a few moments. I think that's key. I think that's, you know, we have this tendency to, to want to get it. You know, okay, let me study, let me read this book, and then I'll get it instead of recognizing that this is a practice. This is a over and over and over again. It's like, you know, like I said when I was talking to my friend the other day, and I said, oh, I think this is going to happen, and blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, but I'm just making that up. I'm just making that up. But that's, that's how I reground myself into I have no clue. I have no clue. <clears throat> and it's, it's so freeing because I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have the answers. I don't have to know. Whew. Who knew not knowing would be so, um, so sweet? So I invite you to take some time to practice saying don't know. Maybe take, I, maybe take a day and just say don't know all day long or an hour. You know, when you, when you find yourself thinking that story, when you're lost somewhere, just, just substitute that, oh, don't know. And pay attention to how that feels. Pay attention to how that lands. Pay attention to the arguments you create about not knowing. Because can, I can have, I don't know about you, but I can have arguments with myself very easily going back and forth. You remember those old cartoons where you had the devil on one shoulder and the, the angel on the other shoulder? And they were going back and forth. It's like, sometimes it's like that in my head. So um, there's a lot of freedom in this practice because those little things just kind of have disappeared. So I am so grateful for your, um, your uh, kind attention, my friends. And thank you for, for being here and for your practice. What follows are answers to questions. And, you know, that's not uncommon um, because people who want to do diff things differently and not cause harm 
Um, there's this yearning to have the answer. And I remember hearing a conversation, it was like three or four years ago. It was during the pandemic the, for 2020. I was listening to a, um, uh, a podcast, Brene Brown, when she had, her guest was Austin Channing Brown, a black woman who wrote a book called Still, Still Here. I think it's called Still Here. Anyway, it was really good. Um, but they had the conversation of tell me, like even go POC, BIPOC, LGBTQ, tell me what words to use. What are the words that I'm supposed to use now? And what are the, you know, what are the, how are, how are we, what are we calling things? I mean, as simple as that, it's just tell me. And there's, that's a constant shifting and changing and, and and so we want to like you said, I want to nail it down. I want to get it so I have it, and just to continually be in that place of I don't know what's what what. And then this is where this is where the teachings I find come in handy. It's like what's going to cause harm, what's not going to cause harm in this moment, and because you're 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 doing this work, hopefully you'll have more clarity around it. And and nobody's perfect. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.